I sure hope you edit this out and start over. Oh, no, of course not. No, this, is, this is exactly we leave it in, just like this. Oh. Oh, Recorded live. Scuba Obsesses Weekly Podcast, we talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear, places a dive, and scuba news. Scoob Obsessed episode 231 is recorded live February 26, 2015. Welcome back to Scoob Obsessed. I'm Darren Jilson coming to you from Michigan where we still have some white stuff. I'd say it still counts as winter. Joining me this week, we have Mac the Dive Mentor. How are you doing today, Mac? I'm doing very well, thank you, and I have about four foot of that white stuff piled up right by my garage door, so if anybody wants any, it's free. (laughs) I will not deliver, but it is free. And we also have Jim Schultz joining us this week, all the way from the Windy City. How are you doing today, Jim? I'm doing real well now that I made it here. Excellent. So what's it like in Chicago? They, They have a little snow over there as well? Oh, uh, looks like there's a couple of fresh inches here, but it was whiteout conditions driving through Michigan City on my way over tonight. Oh, wow. So a little little bit of blowing then going on. Yeah, straight down the lake. And now you're, you're on a hotel Wi-Fi internet connection? I am. That sounds pretty good. Good. I don't even have my headset. Yeah, that's, a, that's unusual for it to be good, so it must be... Uh, no, nope, nobody's in the hotel rooms watching porn yet. So you probably got we probably got a couple hours yet before it really gets bad. Is this something you know from experience or what? I, I don't know what you what how that would play in at all. Other than I travel a lot by myself and never, well, let's let's just get back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna go and daydream and okay. Well, let's go ahead and jump right on into the news. Uh, first one up is, uh, somebody is saying that scuba diving is less dangerous than texting while driving, which is a good thing to know. I would have always thought that was the case. Well, and it really comes down to is whoever did this study, why would you think that you need to single out like, you know, it's like what Russian roulette and scuba diving would be two things that you would think would be very dangerous. So, Hey, texting is worse than that. They said 60% of drivers use cell phones while driving. An immense study that collected valuable information on road safety was Virginia Tech Transportation Institute to study collected. If you're going 65 miles an hour, that's equivalent to driving the length of a football field blindfolded. So what they're referring to is that as you look away from the road to look at your phone, uh, you're at risk. So they were trying to say certain things that it was more dangerous than, and it was more dangerous than scuba diving. But it, it there shouldn't be a surprise. Should it? I wouldn't think so. But obviously the logic behind this is if we stop all the teens from driving, we'll be 100% successful in saving their lives. Yeah. Well, you know, the one thing about uh, driving is I don't think it's uh, as big a deal as it was when we were younger. I mean, for me, it was a, it was huge. You know, I couldn't wait to get a driver's license. Uh, you know, my daughter, she, you know, because we're, we're country here, so you have to do some driving. But kids in town, they don't care. My daughter has quite a few friends who are 17 or older and don't have a license. I think when we were coming up, though, everything hinged around your car. Because, one, you didn't have the Internet. You didn't have Facebook, MySpace. You wanted to talk to somebody, you called them on the phone, or you went out to the soda shop or the football game or whatever and talked. Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, my, my son's more than happy. He'll He'll be with somebody in town and then... He'll want to go home so he can get back on the computer so that they can talk. They prefer to not be in the same location. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. There's some, there's some studies on that now that's showing that 10 years from now, that's going to be a very interesting uh, psychological issue because they don't have that one-on-one interface that we grew up with. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to remember it was Ant Landers or something today that had a, a big article on it. Talking about the people are insulted that if you don't, one, respond immediately to a text. Oh. Uh, 
that if you don't get on Facebook regularly, you have no clue what people are doing. And if you miss going somewhere where everybody's at, it's it's all it's like you're slapping them in the face because you weren't online to see that in time. It's quite interesting. Yeah. Well, I I think that does happen. But I also have a disclaimer, and I get it out to my friends that you know, text. If I don't respond an hour, you better send it again. Because I've got my phone set. I, I've got some software in the phone that it knows where I'm at. And there's certain locations that I've got it set to mute. There's nothing more embarrassing than being in a big meeting and then the phone starts playing whatever uh, when, yeah. when a call comes in. So what I've done is I've geofenced these locations and I've got it set up to where if I'm in that location, you turn it to mute. So if I'm in a meeting, and believe me, some of these meetings can go for hours, I'm not looking at my phone because... Everybody who pays me is in that meeting. So I'm not going to risk my job to go and check to see what's coming in. Uh, and, it's some t- and it might take me three or four hours to get to it. So I've told my wife. like, uh, And then also when I'm driving, I've, I used to be bad. I used to be, you know, I was a, a, a Crackberry addict when they first came out. And I would read emails and texts as they came in. And I no longer do that. It sits on the passenger side of the car. And uh, I I try I using that same software. I have it to where it should be loud so I know how to pull over. But uh, the thing with a text is it's a short little note. And if you just don't hear it, I don't realize I've missed something. But if you call me, it rings and rings and rings and rings. And then I know that I have to stop and answer it. Yeah, I use the that little one button that says on and off, and I, I quite often have mine off. I, it's because I'm older, of course. I, I hadn't gotten into that habit that I have to have it on, and I'm just as glad that way. Well, then there's other times where you, you go, gosh, it's been quiet, because these phones, these smartphones, they have about a day and a half of charge. Say what? Well, how long do you get? Uh, about six hours now. Oh, no, I, I, get, I get a full 24. If you're not using it. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm at work. I'm ten hours connected, so I'm not sitting there on my phone. My you know, my phone dies in about six hours now. Wow. Yeah. No, I get. Uh, it's we're we're not selling phones, but mine. I can always get a full twenty four hours. Uh, like Max said, if I'm using it, like say I were were like I'm traveling. <laughs> my my wife's going shopping, and I'm stuck going along. Then it might get eight or nine hours. <laughs> But if I'm uh, on my own, because you're playing solitaire, huh? Well, that you got Angry Birds, you got to do, you got to pick the crops, you know, you got to build the cities, <laughs> attack the enemies. You got all those games you got to do, so uh, that takes up a little bit of horsepower. But I can get on my cell phone on average. I'm I'm usually twenty. Uh, it would be the problem is it's it's almost too good because I'll I it's such an inconvenience to to plug it in that I don't want to do it any more than I have to. So I don't have to do it every day, but sometimes the way the day shuffles, I might not get it plugged in right in time. So this morning is a perfect example. I'm at work and I'm like, gee, I haven't heard anything for a while. So I touched the phone and it was dead. And it was dead to the point to where when you plug it in, it like reboots three times because it, it, it just doesn't have enough juice even when it starts charging. Uh, I call that dead. That's dead. And then Facebook, I'm to the point now where maybe twice a day I pop in. And there have been times in the weekends where it might only be once in the weekend. Um, if I'm camping, I mean, I've gone a week without checking. And where that starts to become a problem is birthdays. Because that's the real power of Facebook is that you never forget anybody's birthday ever again. Wrong. Uh-oh. Wrong is right. Why, why is that? You. <clears throat> I don't have the correct date on mine. Oh. I well, just the, but, to put, but, because I want you to have to have one. So yeah, but you, don't, you, but you don't care. That's true. <laughs> that's that's different. The people who care, they have the they have the correct birthdays on there, and they get everybody goes and Facebooks and says, "Here you go, happy birthday." Uh, yeah. So there's there's a little bit. I've I've got people conditioned that you know the ones who the ones who know me and you know, if they don't hear something in time, then they know to either send uh, the police out because I'm dead or uh, to give me a call. Yeah. Bottom line, though, on the phone, number one item is called distraction. Yeah. I went to a FAA seminar last weekend, and they're finding the same issue in the cockpit that you you know you use iPads now, and all your charts and stuff are on your iPads, and they're finding out more people have got their head down in the cockpit than they are looking out the window, meaning they're letting the plane fly on auto, which is is what they do. But you need to have your head out of the cockpit once in a while. But distractions from that, or they're trying to use your iPhone. They've been a number of 
oops out there because people were doing something with their iPads, iPhones, or whatever. See, I, I think we're starting, we're starting to learn, and this will eventually phase itself out. Because radios, I bet you the same thing happened when radios first started being in cars more often. But you don't have an interface with your radio other than tuning it. Yeah. Well, but any time you have to take your eyes off the road, I think it's a distraction. Now, doing something more involved, like if you're playing a game or you were texting while driving, yes, that's going to be more of a distraction. But I think at some point we're going to learn what things you can do when you're driving and what you can't, and it will still start to, to average out. Uh, well, I, you know, they, they say you, you shouldn't put on your makeup. Of course, I don't have a problem with that when you're driving. But if you're drinking coffee, to me, that's not the same as looking at a text because you can read while you're drinking. Or not read, but look over your windscreen and look. Yeah. Right? The same thing, eating that hamburger, no big deal, other than when you pick it up off the seat. Yeah. Yeah, well, you've got, you know, you, you've, you get the, the knee driving skill where you can, you know, get the knee and then then you got the, the hamburger in one hand and a drink in the other. And that's, you know. And, and we know we've all done that. <laughs> well, I don't think you do that in downtown Chicago traffic. No, no, that is not a Chicago traffic. That's a uh, uh, more of a rural thing. The thing you got to watch out for out here is a deer. You know, we've tagged quite a few of them. Uh, but yeah, any any distracted. So it, it's it's good to know that I'm going to take as a positive that scuba diving is safe. So that that's one thing that we are safer than. Uh, now the. Next one is uh, Italian Navy recruitment campaign is getting a little bit of uh, negative press. They did a campaign, and it's called uh, "Be Cool and Join the Navy." And uh, from you know American uh, perspective, you look at that and you go, "That's not too bad," except for that they did the slogan in English. <laughs> if you look at the 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 poster, it shows a submarine and uh, four or five scuba divers on it. So, uh, you know, we, we favor the scuba divers being in it. I think you can't go wrong with because uh, we know scuba divers are cool. But uh, considering that you you didn't use the native tongue of, of your own country, that, that may be, uh, get a few people upset. I didn't realize what they were talking about until I looked at the one down from it where you got the five or six uh, Air Force. Yeah. The hawks in the back, hawkers. And it's like, duh. And then I'm looking at the little logo in the bottom, and that's Italian. I can see where they may have got a little tight. Yeah. Now, the one thing is, why would they have done this? I mean, other than saying it was an it was an American uh, you know, ad agency who put it together. I don't know if it is or not. But somebody had to had to say, yeah, that's fine. Is English one of those languages that everybody in Italy speaks English? Well, I was wondering if they were targeting, you know, English speakers there. Well, that's what I was wondering. If they were having migrants, you know, they've got, uh, you know, Italy is one of those countries that's had a lot of people come from other countries who might not speak Italian, and they're recruiting them. Yeah, I, uh, that that's kind of what my thought was. Well, part of it in here talked about, uh, what is it, Rome came under fire earlier in February for changing its logo to R-O, me, and you, an attempt to appeal to millions of tourists who visit the city every year. See, I, I, I can completely understand that one. And you can, because the tourism, they're not targeting Italians, they're targeting everybody else. And when you come there, it just reinforces that ad campaign that you probably saw in an English speaking uh, title somewhere. Or you see it, you read it, it's in English, I understand it. And I say, man, that's a good looking gal who's yeah. a mechanic on that engine. You know, and you realize that's a good looking Italian girl. Yeah. Well, and see, Japan has had that going on for years where. They do a lot of their ad campaigns in English. With, with, with a, it's just what they do. It was kind of a stylish thing. But in Italy, they, they don't seem to like it. And I can understand that. I'd be a little upset. Let's, I mean, just pick about any other language other than English for our military, and I, I'm not a big fan of it. I've seen them in Spanish. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of that either. No, well, could you imagine? I mean, how, how about uh, battle readiness? If you can't speak English, do you want them? How do you communicate? How do you do, you do you do everything hand signals? I would think that would be a requirement. I mean, I want to say it's one of our competitive advantages in the United States. Is a long time ago we said no, there's one language. And in the UK, they have fishermen and scuba divers join to clean up a harbor. Oh, I said UK. I'm sorry, it's Australia. And this web page has crashed. Are you guys still there? Yes, I've got the little part where it talked about fishermen and scuba divers don't always see eye to eye. One likes to observe the fish, and the others like to catch them. 
And then that the article talked about the two groups are coming together with a series of cleanup events to preserve the marine ecosystem, starting with a cleanup Australia Day and on this coming Sunday, matter of fact. They were talking about the Recreational Fishing Alliance of NSW and the divers from the Underwater Research Group will meet at Chowder Bay this weekend to clean up the area together as part of their bridge building exercises. So they're not literally building a bridge. You're saying that these are exercises in well, they in get cooperation. The, the divers together, right? So one, they'll say, hey, that's a dive flag. Maybe I shouldn't run over the guy. That'd be nice. They were talking, the two had more in common than initially thought. They used to fish when you throw the sinker and line in the water. If it's snagged, that's the end of it. But as a diver, you see the consequences, the tangular line and the rest. This is about sharing that knowledge. And they're going to have uh, cleanups in Manly through Eco Divers with the little Manly precinct cleaning up the shoreline. And since we do dive, we do know when they lose our line in the water, it's not lost. No, no, that line often. just doesn't go away. It doesn't dissolve. And we have often found, you know, fish on the other end of that hook, tangled in a, you know, yes. mess around the wood or something, and that's a fish they didn't get, but still died. Yep, nobody got it. Except it is food for the turtles. Well, we'll skip the next article, because I, as I scan it, I don't think it's all that interesting, and we'll jump to this this uh, one from Vox Media. And other they, than the pictures are nice. Yeah, they had some nice pictures in that, in that one that we didn't cover. And we'll put in the show notes whenever I get around to it. I'm probably only about 90 episodes behind in show notes. But these are the seven inventions that were supposed to change the world, they but failed badly. And they have some things like uh, daylight movie projectors, <laughs> uh, electrified water for curing headaches, uh, a reading machine that you printed books very tiny and it would enlarge them. And they said, look at the advantages. You use less paper and uh, it's much cheaper to ship. Uh, there, there was self-recording uh, piano. Uh, but from a dive perspective, they had the submarine tube. Fish will play out before the human eyes. It was invented by Charles Williamson in 1910. It was once thought to be the future of underwater photography. The idea was simple. Put a sphere underwater, connect to the surface using a large waterproof tube. He originally wanted to use the dice to find treasures and pearls underwater. Later, device was touted as a way for the See the ocean like never before. The submarine tube footage appeared in 20,000 leagues under the sea. Sketch artists use it to make amazing new drawings of undersea life. And one submarine tuber caught an epic picture of a diver right before he killed a shark. That's a cool overlay for that one. I like that. With the technology you have today or some of the equipment, mm -hmm. you could make a telescoping device like that for sightseeing. That might be interesting. I do. I, the submarine. Yeah. They said as, as great as the submarine tube was, it didn't end up being the future of exploration. Uh, waterproof cameras in the 40s made it more practical to send a scuba diver down, as Jacques Cousteau demonstrated. But, yeah, a little, little interesting thing there. I had never heard of it. Had you? I had seen something like that, but not this particular one. This is pretty good. Yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's kind of the – if you look at systems, there's about a million ways of doing anything. And this is just one of the ways. It's, it's – Kind of like if you have a underwater ROV now, I would say be the modern day version. It's really nothing different. You're tethered yeah. to the surface, and you have a you have a way of viewing what's going on. I like number six too. What was what was six? Let's take a look there. Spring spokes for cars. Oh yeah, I've Make actually seen. Smoother. I've seen some uh, some. Uh, I want to say carriages used to do this. Be a little flexible like that. So what, Mac, what, what Mac's referring to is that uh, imagine a bicycle tire with spokes, except the spokes are kind of squiggly, so they act as springs. Yeah, if you made them out of spring steel. Yeah. Number seven is the way they're doing items now. The helo motor. Seven. Let's see here. The helo motor. Yeah, steam electricity doomed. Uh, he's, he's, the Archimedes heat ray where they had the mirrors so they could focus oh, yeah. it out and light the ships on fire. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got a lot of these now that are in these arrays. They focus the beam on the collator, boils the water, yeah. and makes power. And you get one hell of a heat. You know, oh, yeah. Up yeah. On that. yeah. I think some of the hottest uh, spots in the universe are actually some of those collectors. I want to say some of uh, the Middle East, there's a couple of the solar plants that were doing that. Uh, also, some incinerators have, have actually gone with that. Where I, yeah, think, I think they use like a sodium solution for the yeah. heat transfer. Yeah, Enrico Fermi number one used to use sodium, liquid sodium as a coolant. Yeah. 
wasn't too bad, but you sure don't want to put any water in that. And when you have leaks, uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. And uh, somebody is claiming that they had the first ever underwater ice hockey matches. This is in Serbia. Said wearing gear and hovering upside down under the ice below the frozen surface. They were practicing the extreme sport. Uh, members of diving club held Serbia's first ever. Well, maybe it's Serbia's first underwater ice hockey matches. Wearing full scuba gear. I would hope you'd be wearing full scuba gear. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, could you do this in a rebreather? I don't know why you couldn't. Yeah, I. I mean, that'd be a question. Well, you're still going to be equal with your chest. Yeah. But you know, though, to do that. You've got to have real good buoyancy control, and you've got to be really good on. Have you have you been on? Well, you haven't been on the ice that much under it. It's not that easy to go upside down and put your foot on the ice and no. then do what they're doing. No, this, the last ice dive that was one of the things when I came up to the surface. I was I was thinking about, but for me, I just don't like being upside down. But you know, when you're upside down in water, you should not be able to tell it, right? Yeah, other than all your stomach contents come up to your throat and you're burping and well, you know that's not exactly true. How's it not but true? That, <laughs> well, anyway, you can see the control they would have is amazing. And remember the the pictures uh, last year from the guys from Norway that put on this act like they're digging holes. Oh yeah, the bucket and the, the wheelbarrow. That was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, and that's what this is. That's, that's a lot of. Uh, artistic work they did plus mm -hmm. they've got a like i said good voyage control yeah that's, that's got to be fun yeah it, it makes for some they good had some nice visibility yeah they had some good photos there uh yeah because when you flip that thing upside down like the next shot you can't tell that's what he is it looks like he is standing on the surface mm -hmm. that's when that really makes a difference well, you know you might want a little air in your boots on that case might you might you might want that huh yeah i think i think that might be where you'd you leave the ankle weights off. Yeah, I'd, li I'd like to see that with more than two guys down there doing that, though. Are there only two? Well, there had to have been at least three. Somebody was filming. True. And then kind of back on our scuba diving dangerous, they have the 10 most dangerous scuba dives in the world. This one's from the Active Times magazine, and they're listing them all, and it scrolls through. Uh, let's see. We have the Shaft Sinkhole in Mount uh, Gambier, the German U-boat off the coast of New Jersey. Uh, Cocos Jacob. Island, Costa Rica. What's that, Jim? Jacob's Well in Texas. Did they say why the U-boat uh, was dangerous? Well, isn't that the one from uh, Shadow Diver? Yeah, yeah, but but if you don't go win it. Yeah, well, I, I think I, they're probably basing it on locations where there have been multiple deaths. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I think it's just they're taking the easy way, which is just to, just to say the ones. Cenote Escoloto, Tulum, Mexico. Uh, the Samayan Simeon hole, Devil's Cave system, Ginny Springs. Yeah, I mean that's a very safe place to do a dive unless you exceed your training and go into the cave system itself. Yeah, well, but that's... other than that, it's beautiful, clear water with you know plenty of room, and, well, and I'm that's... just glad they didn't put Gilboa Quarry on there. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing with this is none of this is dangerous unless you're exceeding your diving and your yeah. training, you know, knowing when to go in, when not to go in. Well, it's like the blue hole, you know, it's 400 feet deep. Oh, I mean, like Michigan, 600 feet deep, 800 feet deep. No, like Michigan got a hole out there over 990. Yeah. So why isn't that more dangerous than the blue hole? Uh, well, I bet you, Nickel, that more people are diving this for the fun <laughs> than going out in the middle of Lake Michigan. Oh, come on. <laughs> Well, he, the the thing with the blue holes is just the fact that you can the clear water, and then you can see it you know, as you're going down. You go you go over the edge, the lip into the hole. Well, you saw the picture Bob put out. They were on a reef. He's down 100 feet, looking up. Did you see that picture? Yeah, that was a nice picture that Bob had. Yep. Now, how how long is he staying in Hawaii? I don't know. I know he went to the doctor. I think it was yesterday for an ear infection. Oh, while he's down there. Yeah, that's what I heard. Well, that makes bad. Well, yeah. Doesn't like paying a doctor while you're on vacation. Yeah. Well, more than that is if you can't dive, that's what he goes for. Yeah. Well, this next one, uh, so so that does it for scooping the news. And this next one is actually in the category of photos of the week. And I did not realize that Taylor Swift was a scuba diver. And I'm, I don't follow her that much. 
At least that I would admit to. But there seems to be a controversy about whether she has a belly button or not. Well, she's no angel, so I reckon she does. Yeah. So she she says, uh, I don't like showing my belly button, is in one quote. When you start showing your belly button, then you're really committed to the midriff thing. I only partially commit to the midriff thing. Partially. It's like it's like a bikini with a high waistband. Is How is that not? Oh, well. Uh, she says, if well, I'm good. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And she says, if I was going to get a massive tattoo, it's going to be right next to my belly button because no one's ever going to see that. Well, what, what changed things is, is last month uh, she was out on vacation Hawaii with her sisters, with the, oh, with the sisters of the band Haim, which I have no idea who they are. Is that saying how old I am? Am, am I admitting I'm, I'm out of touch with modern culture? So anyway, they all decided to wear bikinis, which we thank them for. And uh, they noticed a boat shadowing them, and they realized that they, uh, when they had their security look at them with binoculars, that they had one of those super long telephoto lenses. So in order to spoil the market value of any photo that they would have captured, they posed and she posted the picture of them all in bikinis. You see the first picture when she's uh, singing? Yeah. Did you look to the right to look at Richard Branson's picture? Richard Branson. Kite surfing photo with a model. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Richard Branson tells us the story behind his famous kite surfing photo. Well, so what was the story behind that? Did you see the picture? No. I mean, with I can naked, kind of. It's like a little thing. With a naked model? <laughs> that should give you a clue. Well, the thing is, if you're Richard Branson and you can, then why not? <laughs> That's true. I'm, I'm just sorry to find out that Taylor Swift is an any. I was hoping she would be an Audi and we could play snaps. Ah, uh, yeah. She was saying that because she kept her navel under wraps for so long, she knew it would be high price for whichever photographer photographer could uh, first prove its existence. She says we're taking uh, better bikini shots so they don't make as much money on theirs. So, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. And then video of the week, scuba diver diving with an airplane. And I, ha- I have to admit I haven't seen this one yet. I can't. I, I kicked it up, but I don't see anything. Let me see here if I can pull this up. So if I click on that. There's a link that probably says full story. Oh, I see. Yeah. Whoa. It says scuba diver with an airplane. I don't have that one. I'd like to see what they were to- talking about. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I thought this link hit would have had that. Okay. It's got to be in Google. Let's Let's see what Google comes back with for us. Was that scuba diving in an airplane? Is it scuba diving with an airplane? So what I'm imagining is that somebody was doing something with a like a, a, a model airplane. From what I was getting from the, I thought they might have been putting one in another quarry someplace. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have to find out. So if anybody knows, send us a link. But that's a, that's a little disappointing. I thought we had something. Well, here's some potentially cool scuba gear. Tony Cast Castro unveils the new Global Explorer. So, Jim, I think we've got your next boat here. See how long is this? Uh, it's it's called a super yacht, so I'm guessing that means it's over a couple hundred feet. Well, I know a captain that could handle it, keep it in the family. Yeah, they don't give any specs. I guess if you... Oh, here it goes. The private global explorer vessel, this 68-meter yacht, and it has all the required things. And to me, I just look at that and say that'd be great to scuba dive off of. Among other things. Yeah. And see, Mac, there's a chopper for you. You could fly off the deck. Or off the handle, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's capable of carrying a helicopter in a climate-controlled garage. So the helicopter's got a garage? Wow, that is nice. Uh, Let's see, two uh, twin limbo tenders, a car, a submarine, a jet ski, paddle boats, and inflatable water toys. (laughs) Nice. Did you take a look at the other pictures down at the bottom where you can look at various configurations of this i'm just yeah kind of going through them like the one where it's got the deck out the side wouldn't that be nice for diving oh yeah just kind of step off the decks oh on that helicopter what that does is that half shell extends out to cover ah so the chopper you land it you don't have to move it this like a soft topped yep that's what it looks like from one that's what they mean climate controlled it keeps the salt water off it yeah just fold up the rotors put it away Wow. Okay. If I had the money, certainly. In a second. That's a lot of money, though. 
Well, you have to have the type of money that you don't even concern about, be concerned yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. So there's uh, about 50 people on the planet who could buy that. And then Samsung, this is one of those toys I, I want to play with, is bringing scuba diving through virtual reality. If you've got the Galaxy Note 4, oh, crap, the link didn't work. Oh, here, I see what I did. you got to paste the whole link in. Oh, I hate it when it does this. It's like it, it when you mistype it, it puts it in another box, and you're chasing it around. These computers, they're never going to last. It's a fad. So they bring virtual sea diving experience to the Australian desert. Which I guess if you're in Australian desert and that's where you're using it. But what they've done is you've, you they have this harness. Uh, Facebook bought Oculus Rift. Oculus Rift has licensed the VR technology to Samsung. So Samsung has made what they're calling their Gear VR, where it tracks your head and it displays onto your net, your Galaxy Note. It's not really displaying on it. It's It's being displayed by it through these goggles but full 3D. And when I f- saw the initial announcement for this, they make a camera, and I want to put that camera on an ROV. I think that would be absolutely amazing. And I'm guessing by these, these images that somebody's beat me to it. But what you could do is if you, if you had that ROV and it went through a shipwreck, you as a viewer with the headset on would be able to turn 360 all the way around as, and follow its trail. So it'd be great for documentation. You know, a lot of times we go down and you only have a few minutes on the bottom, but with this, you could relive the experience and see it from different angles many times. Wish I just said what that outlay for that outfit is. Well, for the, uh, the VR, I don't think they've got a price yet, but it's, it's only going to be, I'm going to say only, it's going to be a few hundred dollars. Did they say yet? Let's, let's get into Samsung's VR gear. One ninety nine. Really? Yeah. And what that does is that's the it's the the goggles, and you have to slide your phone into it because your phone has a screen. So you've got another. I mean, that's if you if you aren't getting it subsidized, that's probably a six to eight hundred dollar phone. But many of us, you know, would get it just about free as a uh, on a contract. Is it? Is that? Is this the link? Who sent the link? Is that? Yeah, if you go to that one, that's a sample of uh, some of the aircraft pictures we're talking about. So if, then you click on all the ones at the bottom and you see a whole litany of different aircraft. I tried to send you the original link, but it was so freaking long. It looked like a half a book. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, this is representative of it. Other than the other link, if you had gone there, it has lots of different aircraft in different locations. It was actually quite nice. I, I love looking at planes underwater. Oh, I do too. I just want to find... Five or six. Yeah. Well, this this is the year. I'm telling you, this year we're finding planes. At least two. When can we get out in the water? Is uh, it time well, yet? I was hoping to get another dive in this month, but it uh, looks like we're going to have to wait until March and have a good ice save in March. Yeah. Yeah, I think we'll still have some ice. I'm surprised. I thought we were going to end up with a mild year this year, and uh, it's stayed cold. And in fact, on the East Coast, they had some record colds this week. Washington, D.C. had, uh, they set a record from, that hadn't been broken since the 1800s. Wow. For, uh, the, for the coldest day. So just in time for global warming. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I love is the global warming people who are trying to convince me that it's because of global warming we're having the record colds. Okay, well, that does it for Scuba News. And I take it from your comment that nobody's gotten in the water. Not well other than Bob. Bob. Yeah, Hawaii will do that, especially if you're a diver. And I did send you the other link to that, uh, the other aircraft, where you can look at it later, or for whoever else wants to look at it. Okay. I mean, they got pictures of cars down there. You really do want to look at that link, though. That's If you like airplanes, you will like that link. Uh, I, I love nice wet subs, too. Yeah, that's worth going to. Yeah, I'll take a look at that. Looks like that'll be a good link. And we have somebody in the chat room from Stevensville, which for those who don't know, Stevensville's just around the corner. He's a member of the Mud Club, matter of fact. Oh, is he? Yes. I won't mention his name, though. You're going to be nice, uh, protect the guilty? (laughs) Mud Club. Is it somebody I know? Have I met him? You probably have. Probably have. So welcome. 
and like to thank everybody who's in the chat room tonight. We had a little bit of a hiccup in the beginning. I've upgraded my computer and it's working much better than I thought it would be with uh, doing the maintenance. But for some reason, the talk shoe full client isn't going. So it's hard to see who's in there, but we've had quite a few people in today. We've had Dave and Surfer George and there are a few others before we it dropped. So thank you for coming in. You can listen to us, subscribe to us on iTunes. We love those five-star reviews. We've also had a few people who have been leaving their pins on our fan map. Go to scubaobsessed.com, go along one of the top menus, and I think it's the About and Scuba Obsessed Fans, and you will see a map, and you can place the pin, and you can see where everybody is. A couple of them have even left comments that if you're in my neck of the woods, we'll go diving. So take a look out there and See who's there. We'd love to have everybody from. I want one for each country and each state. So that, that would be nice to get. Wouldn't it be? And, and, and by the way, hi, John. So John is his first name, by the way. John. Okay. So it's getting there. And then uh, let's see. Let me. We gotta give. We gotta give Reno a plug. So there's other ways to listen to us. You can listen to us on Stitcher.com. Uh, type in Scuba in the box. Or you can search for Scuba Obsessed. Either way will get to us. Uh, we're on the WRVO radio network. If you like uh, listening to us you can and you like other outdoor programs, uh, Reno Viola has uh, his radio network. It's just 24-7 by 365. You can hear us multiple times each week. Simply go to the WRVORadio.com or RenoViolaOutdoors.com websites, and you can see the schedule when we are playing. And they've mixed it up a little bit. It used to be we just were being played on Fridays, and now we're uh, through several times. And if you're a night owl, there's even a few at 2 or 3 in the morning. So make sure you look for us and catch us there. Uh, Jim, you got anything to plug? Not tonight. Just... Uh... Spending the weekend at Our World Underwater, so... That's a good plug. Yep, Our World Underwater is going on this weekend, so if you're in the Chicago area, stop in. When's when's the show start? Is there anything on Friday for people to see, or is it pretty much a Saturday? No, it's uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. There are events Friday. There is a uh, movie program Friday night, or film festival, I believe they're calling it. And then Saturday night... Booths are open all day. Actually, booths are open Friday evening. There's a number of seminars going on this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So that's why I came over to take advantage of a few of the seminars. So there's still time if you're in the area, anywhere in the Midwest, head on over to Our World Underwater. Then when's the next one after that? We should be having, uh, is it Ford Seahorses next? Yes, Ford Seahorses is on March the 7th. Don't forget, all you got to do is look that up. Uh, actually, it's, uh, uh, what's the official title, Jim? Shipwreck Festival. Thank you. The Shipwreck Festival. Right, I think they're calling it the Great Lakes Shipwreck Festival. Right. Yep, and then Dave in the chat room is, is making us plug uh, Scuba Fest. That's March 22nd. March 22nd. Actually, the 21st and 22nd. Now, uh, so Great Lakes Shipwreck Festival, is, I think, is what he's saying for uh, what we would have called the Ford Seahorses. Correct. And Correct. then after that, where would we be off to? Is that the, Are we at the MSRA one yet? No, we've still got ghost ships. I don't remember. Ghost ships is pretty close to being done, but I can't remember when. Yeah, ghost ships is almost April, isn't it? It's like end of, end of March? I've got it in the club one. I just don't have it <laughs> on my calendar. And so the club website is mugclub.scubaobsessed.com. And uh, we have a calendar over there of all these events, so you can take a peek and see what's going on. And I know we've had some response to the uh, Mud Club on Facebook. Uh, we have some people from the Sunset Coast uh, going to be there. We are plan on being there at noon for a couple hours. We're going to do to the displays, and then we're going to go out to lunch. Uh, anybody want to see Mud Clubbers or talk to us or whatever, look for the guys wearing the funny jackets. It's got mud all over it. It's and that says mud, and it's not like brown mud. You're well, not you covered in mud. Slip in the snow or something. <laughs> you could. Uh, you could fall on the way in. Make sure you guys text me when you get over here, so I can see if I can break out of one of the seminars I'm in to catch up with you. Yeah, we, we're gonna meet there at the um, Sophia's Pancake House in Michigan City. We'll be there about eight forty-five. We fare forty-five minutes to eat. Then from there, we'll be going to Cabela's. <laughs> Sir Larry is going to be looking at and purchasing a GPS slash underwater detector slash fish finder slash whatever. His Loran, he's finally quitting with his Loran. 
And then from Get him that, in a hummingbird. Say what? Get him in a hummingbird side scan. Well, Lorant is pretty nice too, especially the down part. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, then we, we should be there in Chicago by noon, and we'll be there for two, three hours maybe. I just want to. I think I'm going to be too late to get the mermaids again this year. But Jim, if you're there, make sure you get a shot with the mermaids. I will look for them. That's for sure. I've so, missed them for a couple of years now. Yeah, you have, Mackey. Uh, the, you need to get an updated photo. Right. I mean, heck, if I have to, I'll bring that one back out. But N- now, other no. than the mermaids, what is the must-see thing that will be going on at Our World Underwater? Well, some of the seminars is what you look at. Um, if you like dive travel, there's a whole bazillion items for that. Then they have what you call dive with a pro. They have a lot for weird stuff like underwater photography, uh, the new pony pack redundant umbilical system. If you haven't seen it, that's worth a look at. Uh, why recreational rebreather, diving safety, what does age have to do with it? That's the kind of topics that are in dive with a pro on, on Saturday. Now, dive the world is just what it says. The Philippines, the Malays. Tiger Beach, lots of places if you're interested in that. Then they have what they call the Wonders of the Sea. That's where you got your sharks and lionfish and lake surgeon from the Great Lakes. Surgeons in the lake? Yeah. The ones that most of the guys I know are in is going to be at Shipwrecks and Underwater Archaeology. And that's where the best diving around. You'll have the the U-869, the story of that one. Uh, The Morel by Dave Trotter, the Bradley. And then the other nice ones I always like is dive medicine. Uh, Dan, safety instructor training update, post-dive fatigue, that kind of stuff. Those are the classes that give you some, what do I do if? And then Sunday, they have different ones, and a couple of them will be the same, but you'll have your travel, your dive with a pro, and just like Jim said, those are the ones to go to. Now, they also have some fundraising, I believe, that they do there. Don't they normally have like a silent auction? Yeah, they do have a silent auction. And if you look at the items, I think the last time I looked, I had about, Oh, 130 or so. Yeah, and that varies from nice. dive gear to art to trips. To bottles of defog, but, yeah. air cards, yeah. DVDs, some regulators, uh, dive manual, Solaris BC, Mary's BC, uh, Tech Trimix Dive Instructor Guide, Side Mount. All, you name it, it's there. It's worth looking at. So that's... And lots and lots and lots of dive travel boots. Yes. Yeah. So if you are wanting to know about the locations where you can go diving, there is a good selection there. Uh, I think Florida usually has something. I think Aruba's had something. Mexico. Um, Every, even, the, even Vietnam. Yeah, there's there's a few new ones each year. Bring some cash with you this year because the shops, any of the shops that are participating will be able to sell gear right there on the floor this year. And usually with a discount. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's been a good place if your local shop doesn't have something to go and, and look. Uh, I know that the, it's mostly been just supplies in the past, so this year they're actually selling uh, full gear then. Well, yeah. last year they had cameras too. Uh, different ones than the GoPros, but similar, uh, pretty decent prices. Yep, and then dive lights. I think that's where uh, Kirk can, and Bob got their sons in a bottle. Yeah, you can, there. Really, you can definitely find some dive lights, or you have been able to in the past. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a few uh, camera, underwater camera outfits that are there, and they have a lot of models available. Yep. Dive right, you always see the catalogs, but they're there. You have to get, to get to put your hands on stuff. And they usually have a big pegboard up there with weird stuff you like to have, but you normally don't see anyplace else. Mm-hmm. Like angle fittings, things like that for both tech and advanced diving. Yeah, some, some of the stuff were, and then plus they're the, they got the experts there. So if you need to ask a question... Uh, they usually have somebody who knows what they're talking about, and they're going to be able to explain to you why they built something a particular way and how you'd use it. And if you have your Dan card, when you go in for the exhibits, you get five bucks off. Five bucks per day or ten for the weekend. Nice. So uh, a day exhibits, 15 bucks. If you did the exhibits in the film festival on Friday, that's 25. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, exhibits and seminars, 55. If you just do the seminars and exhibits, that's 40. Excellent. Not a bad price, though. You get some quality stuff out there. Nope, nope. you got quite a bit that you can see. Well, we, we knocked it out this week, moving along pretty quick. It looks like we're going to be a little bit less than an hour by the time this is all edited down. Well, we didn't get into any philosophic discussions tonight. No, we didn't. We didn't have any in the limited number of squirrels. Yes. 
and we didn't get any diving in. And I really can't say we've got anything planned. Uh, we should. There's a lot of stuff going on. You're probably not aware of. We'll get into that some other time. But well, you do know the big uh, thing going up at, up up towards Grand Rapids, right? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, uh, the shipwrecks they were videoing and uh, sight scanning through the ice. No, no, no. I hadn't heard about that. What's the? Is that public knowledge yet? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got some nice pictures. I, I sort of borrowed some of their pictures from the ship they took. The resolution that's supposed to be of the ship with that piece of uh, <clears throat> nice equipment they had is, uh, I, I thought it was like three or four inch resolution or even better now, than that. Now, are they using ground penetrating radar? Is that what they're doing? No, no, they put a hole through the ice, they lower it down on top of the wreck and took a picture of the damn flag. And then they did a mosaic. Well, it's like, yeah, okay. I, I mean, take that piece of equipment. Yeah. So what was it was it an ROV they were using or No, no. They were just they just put it down, found out where it was and kept moving the another hole until they were right over it, then dropped it right on top of it. And uh you you can tell it the decking is gone, the hull is there, it, it's it's very nice. The ROV they put down uh was having some difficulties with it. Now is this a, a shipwreck where they knew where it was? Yes, yes. It, it's one of those items you've always heard. It's a pristine blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. But uh, I've got pictures of it just before it sank, and with the boiler was already taken off, the top decking was already taken off. Uh, so pristine is in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. Yeah. But it's still a freaking shipwreck and 55, 45 foot of water, so go for it. Visibility up there is historically bad. Uh, but uh, I will be spending some time up there this summer. Yeah. No, so they cut a hole in the ice and they dropped the camera down. Yes. But you said how deep was it? So uh, 45 feet to the wreck. Well, why wouldn't you just cut the hole and go in? I wasn't going to go into that. There was a hell of a crowd. <laughs> uh, they are working off a grant. I keep telling you, if you want to do it, you got to put the uh. grant money in. And uh, the equipment was donated by a obvious uh, company that does salvage. So when you when you've got some backing and the it's Grand Valley State University uh-huh. is doing a good bit of it, so they had a mess of people out there. It was a very freaking cold day. That was last week before last, I yeah. believe it was. Yeah. Now in that particular case, when you say that it allowed non divers to participate, yes, and be able to do something, and they got to play around with the gear, so it was education. I can I can go for the education angle on it, but I'm just thinking if heck forty five feet, cut the triangle, we're going in. Yeah, the temptation would have been there. In fact, uh, there's, there's, we probably got a spot where it marks it right now. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I made sure I got some locations for it. That's why I said I'm going to be back up there this summer. Nice. Now, is it in a river or is it in a lake? It's in a lake. Ah. Not Reed. I believe it's Reed Lake. Okay. See, if it's in a lake, that makes a little bit more sense. So an early spring would be good to go in there before the weeds start taking over. Well, like I said, the visibility is historically sucky there. Now, what what were the, you said you saw some shots. What kind of vis were they getting? Oh, uh, hang on a second. Well, with the sonar, it's it's not. Oh, yeah, sonar, you do, it doesn't matter. But right. if they do it. doing a drop camera, they were, you were hoping yeah. they'd have something. Right, they, and their pictures were not good. That's what with the ROV, they were having difficulties uh, with that. Well, then you also said they're doing a mosaic, which you really don't need to have super good visibility if you're going to do a mosaic because you can stitch together resolution at the best spot. So even with 5 or 10 feet vis. Uh, with a drop camera and the right focal length, you can get some pretty nice stitched together photos. Well, okay, I'm I'm re-looking at the picture of the ship, and uh, actually, I have got resolution on my Hummingbird with the tow behind as good as they've got here. Hmm. Well, okay. Now, the, this the interesting part is the boats they have here are the same vintage and type that were on Pawpaw Lake. So when you see some of the older ones, Pawpaw Lake photos, it's like, wow. There's another one that looks just like it. Because you're talking double-deckers, whole 200 and some odd people on a 285-acre lake. Yeah. I mean, isn't that amazing? Well, uh, I've got some parts or some areas marked out that I think will be fantastic grubbing areas. Ooh. Yes, I got some aerial photos of what it was in the day. Uh-huh. And that's where I want to go. Yeah, that's that's gold research right there. Yeah. 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 When you get, when you get, and what Max referring to is when you get a, you can see where, you know, all these lakes had dance halls and pavilions. Yep. Right there in the water, you had hotels. 
and where people would gather, have a good time, and maybe consume some uh, beverages, uh, you're bound to find stuff in the water. Well, Jim, you know where we've been playing up in Kalamazoo, right? Yeah. This place had everything that did and more. When are we going? As soon as the ice breaks and I can get there so I can dive without somebody having to zip my wet, my dry suit up. Now, you said this is Papa? Say what? This is Papa you're no. talking about? No, 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 no. This is this is Reed Lake up in Grand oh. Rapids. Okay. But I'm saying the, the ships and stuff, this was an amusement park back in the same vintage as the place we've been diving in Kalamazoo. Oh. Hmm. You would have to think that there was somebody up there diving it, but maybe not. Well, lousy visibility and muck. What does that tell you? Uh, it sounds like perfect mud diving. Yeah, You've exactly. got to be muddy or you got to be a little nuts or both. Both well, helps. most muddies are pretty nuts, but a little nuts. I don't know. We we got some guys in Radio Land are a little nuts, too. I think that's probably why they listen to us, because yeah. they, you know, they're mud clubbers at heart. Yeah, and I, and I, I think when you say pretty nuts, that's going to go uh, right along with our bad scuba joke. Oh. Mm, is it that time? I'd say it's getting to be that time. Okay, I'm sitting here, bated breath and all that. Okay, so here we go. Yeah, I was going to ask you to turn your head because that faded breath is <laughs> pretty bad. Hey, sardines. I like sardines. Oh, God, they're good. Two farmers, Joe and Bob, lived as neighbors but didn't like each other much. In 1898, in a period of negative 30 degrees centigrade cold, Bob and Joe had nothing to do because of it. So they bet a bottle of vodka who could sit out in the window ledge the longest with a bare ass. After two hours, Bob's wife came home and asked, Bob, what are you doing? Bob explained, and she said, come on in. You'll only freeze your ass off. Bob refused as he wanted to win the bet. Then his wife got an idea. Let's change places when Joe's looking the other way. Bob's wife put on the same kind of pullover cap and traded places with Bob. Half an hour later, Joe's wife came home and asked him, what are you doing? Joe told her and said, I am determined to win this battle and win the bottle. You are crazy. Come on in. Certainly not. I'm already on the winning side. Bob lost his balls half an hour ago. <laughs> oh, sounds like a bunch of mud divers yeah. to me. So, on that note, go out there and get wet. And stay safe. And don't freeze your balls off. <laughs> Recording has been completed.